Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. On today's episode, we're joined by Caroline Dowd-Higgins, executive leadership coach, media host, public speaker, and best-selling author. Caroline brings over a decade of experience in career and personal development coaching, driven by a desire to empower and energize people to achieve their personal goals. She is well-known for her engaging, high-energy, and positive approach to training, and is focused on providing employees from entry-level to C-suite with the keys to unlock their own inner self-advocate and discover the art of the possible. Caroline most recently released her latest book titled Your Career Advantage, Overcome Challenges to Achieve a Rewarding Work Life, which is a playbook for employees navigating challenges, opportunities, and successes in their careers. She also hosts an award-winning podcast, Your Working Life, and Caroline's TEDx Women Talk about reframing failure has been celebrated as a must-watch resource. We're excited to have Caroline join us today to share her new philosophy that workforces can start embracing as artificial intelligence continues to emerge in the workplace. And that's the concept of achievement intelligence. So without further ado, let's welcome Caroline to the podcast. Caroline, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Josh, I am so glad to be with you today. Thank you. Well, I am so excited to have you on. Thanks for joining. Really excited to dig into this concept of achievement intelligence, especially as AI is really dominating the headlines, dominating the conversation, not just in the HR community, but across the entire workforce. So we'll definitely dig in there, but let's get you introduced to our audience first. So if you don't mind... Can you walk us through your career path a bit and share what led you to pursuing a career focused on leadership development and coaching? Absolutely. And Josh, I'll start right off the bat by saying my career path has been anything but linear. So I have had a beautifully circuitous and zigzaggy career, but I want to give the audience context because I think it's really important. So I I started, you and I talked before the show, we're both East Coasters, and I started my education in music and earned a bachelor's and an undergraduate degree Uh, and a master's degree in music and went on to become an opera singer, actually, and worked in Europe for over 10 years and loved that career until it stopped loving me. And I say that because the feast of famine existence of a starving artist or a sometimes starving artist was not as glamorous as it, it may sound. And while I loved that career, it was difficult to sustain it financially. So I'm still a singer, but it is an avocation. It's something that I do and that I love, but it's not how I earn my living. And because of that reframe and reset about a decade into my career, I was really stuck and I had a meltdown, which I will say very vulnerably to you and to your listening audience and thought, what am I going to do? I've got a master's in music. I speak three foreign languages and I sing opera. That's pretty specific, right? Where to go from there? So I worked with coaches and mentors, of course, and, and sponsors who helped me figure out what else I did well beside music. And because of this work, I realized that there is a process in career development, and you really need to think about what you're good at, what motivates you, how your personality is involved, and it helped me open up new doors. And I was sharing with you before the show that I'm home-based in in Bloomington, Indiana, and it is the home of Indiana University. So the logical next step coming back from Europe was, let's find something local. My husband is a faculty member at IU. So I landed a job in academic advising, 
and worked with students. But it was inevitable that parents would call me and say, what's my kid going to do with a gender studies major or a French literature major? So my brain was shifting to career development. And it was a beautiful, logical next step. And I began to fall in love with that career process to really peel back the layers and help people figure out what they do well. So fast forward to keep the audience engaged. I worked in higher ed career development for many, many years and then developed work in the consulting practice. And I really saw, Josh, that there are some crummy leaders out there, really good people, don't get me wrong, but they haven't been taught how to be leaders or they were really good solo contributors, but they were not good managing people and working on a vision. So I found a need. And again, cutting to the chase, I became burned out in my work. And I said, you know what? My workaholic tendency is being exacerbated now in the post-pandemic world. And I made a shift. And in September of 2022, I turned my side hustle into a full-time hustle. And now I'm a full-time entrepreneur. And I'm on a mission to help develop and groom leaders so they can do their best work, but also so people can have a life of well-being while at work because they're absolutely integrated. Our lives and our world are interconnected. Wow. That is such an amazing and exciting career path. Thank you for sharing that, Caroline. Thank you for being honest about those challenges and burnout. And I'll certainly say, I think you're our first trained opera singer to be on the podcast. So I'm honored. But again, really exciting. And I found very interesting that you followed your passion to ultimately building a career where you could support the journey and growth of other professionals' careers. Very noble, but very interesting and and very inspiring too. And chasing that passion. Again, you didn't find that passion initially and then looked for those opportunities to pursue that. And really, again, setting people up to grow their professional careers and find their own passions and make the most of what they're pursuing. And that's great. So thank you for sharing that. So let's look today, as I mentioned at the start, artificial intelligence is dominating the headlines. There's no secret that it's becoming a part of the workplace. It's integrated into a lot of the tools, into a lot of the processes that workers, that HR teams, that organizations are taking on. You're seeing a lot of value that's coming in from a productivity standpoint. But how are we seeing the emergence of AI in the workplace impacting some of HR's most valued and prioritized elements, workplace culture and employee well-being? Josh, this is such an important conversation. I'm really honored that we're talking about this. So thank you. So the benefit of artificial intelligence is really taking shape, as you said. And the the aim, let's be really candid, is to improve the lives of all of us, everybody on the planet. But in the world of work, AI is very specifically empowering users to increase sales, to increase efficiency, to increase productivity. And there's no doubt that there are clear business wins in doing and achieving more, but this relentless focus on more is wreaking havoc on people and workplace cultures. And let me tell you why. Burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm of workers is increasing depression, anxiety, and stress. And you don't need to be a medical professional to know that this leads to debilitating health and what I call a revolving door of talent. So this is not a sound business case for success. And Josh, it's just not the right thing to do for people, right? To just burn them out to the point of exhaustion. And the World Health Organization has even defined burnout as a workplace issue. And I believe that this perpetual treadmill of overwork 
has diminishing returns because more hours does not equate with better or more outcomes. So the whole concept of achievement intelligence is something that I want to introduce to think about quality work, how less can be more, and we can honor the human beings that are powered by this awesome technology. Yeah. The idea that burnout isn't just it. It's not something that's just out there that's talked about. It's experienced. And I think a lot of people have gone through it, especially over the last three years. But even before that, I think a lot of us are now, as we're talking about burnout, are seeing, hey, you know what? I've experienced it too. And there's a bit of an awakening to burnout to see that, yeah, I've been through it. That's what I was going through. There's a name for it. And I think we're becoming more cognizant to start thinking about how do we address that? And are there better ways to do things? And that's where something like achievement intelligence, I think, really can come in and support that. So you mentioned achievement intelligence. Can we break that down a little bit more for the listeners, though? And would you mind explaining the concept of achievement intelligence? And also, why HR professionals and business leaders should really be keeping that top of mind as AI continues to be an emerging thing that we're seeing in the workplace? Yes. So achievement intelligence is my riff on AI, right? So it's another AI acronym. But achievement intelligence is a a new layer. And we must consider this with AI to honor the humans doing the work. Now, I, I get it. I hear every day as someone in this space, well, the technology is going to take away all the work and the humans are going to be out of work. I disagree wholeheartedly. I will tell you there is a shift and we do need to retrain many of the humans working in this space, but humans will never be obsolete. And achievement intelligence really honors the humans, the people doing the work optimized by this technology. So roll with me for a bit. Achievement intelligence is a guardrail, and we must put this in place so the output that we give at work creates the outcomes we want in life and career. And Josh, I have a phrase, which you're going to hear me say, enjoy your career, love your life. And I believe that so passionately, it's part of what my book is about, that I actually trademarked it. Enjoy your career, love your life. And it's a mantra for me because it shouldn't be one or the other. And, And I was one of those people. I'm a recovering workaholic, and it's really easy to backslide into that place of overwork and overwhelm. And I firmly believe that you can't do great work in a space of exhaustion and overwhelm. And some organizations celebrate and condone this work addiction. And these behaviors lead to massive retention issues, recruiting issues, and loss of morale and productivity. So the HR professionals, the hiring managers, the leaders, all of the decision makers in the world of work need to focus on this now because we can do something, but there will be a point of no return and we're getting really close. You know, we're in this culture of let's raise the bar and constantly think about more, more, more. And I get it. You need to be able to pay the bills. You want your business to be in the black, but not at the expense of burning out the humans who are doing the work. Yeah. What are some of those challenges, some of those pitfalls that come from not being focused so much on the celebration of achievements, being too focused on just the goals and the outcomes? not taking those moments to applaud your team, celebrate the wins and and recognize the achievements. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting about the human connection is our empathy, our ability to care and be compassionate and connect with others. And technology can't 
get this human element. So the pitfall there is when we're overwhelmed and overworked, we actually lose those human qualities because we're in stress mode. And if we keep setting that bar for every one goal, we're feeding burnout. And and I get it. Everybody likes to win. Everybody wants more, whether it's a fundraising goal with a, a university or a nonprofit or a client goal in a, you know, a business. I get it. We have to reframe this capitalistic society, which is good. Trust me, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but the emphasis on upping the goal all the time and the focus on more needs to reshift and reframe to focus on high quality so we're not burning people out. And Josh, you said it earlier, we've got to celebrate the wins because so many organizations are constantly in that chase that they're not recognizing and honoring the good work. So if we don't temper that perpetual quest for more, we're going to be in constant and perpetual burnout. Yeah. It's almost like you're trying to apply a machine-like mindset where there isn't vulnerability. There isn't the need to recognize wins with people, with humans that need that moment, that are susceptible to burnout, that need to be reminded when you're doing a good job, when goals are being accomplished, so that it becomes more rewarding, so that it goes back to what you were initially saying of enjoying your career and and loving life. That becomes certainly more difficult when it's just output oriented and it's on to the next task without pausing to say, hey, you know what? I did a good job with this one, or our team did a nice job with this one. Let's pat ourselves on the back and recognize that. You got it. You got it. And you know, the reality is people have options. Uh, It is a worker's marketplace right now. And I get it. There's a shift and we're hearing a lot of layoffs in the tech industry and that's cyclical. That happens. But people have have said globally, I need a better lifestyle. And I think this is one of the realities of the post-pandemic journey. You know, we've really, we're given a silver lining to think about what's important and people don't want to work around the clock anymore. They're stepping back saying, I need to have a life as well as a career. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now, Caroline, one of the bigger challenges that we see in a lot of the great HR initiatives and corporate culture initiatives that we look to really set into the workplace is that challenge of translating to the C-suite and seeing the business advantage of a lot of efforts. It all sounds great for the employee experience, but what's the business advantage? Is it actually helping us be successful and helping the bottom line? So what are some of those business advantages and upsides to embracing a concept like achievement intelligence and bringing on that more human-focused approach? Josh, this is so important. So let's start by saying human capital personnel is the most important asset in every organization. This beautiful technology, AI, VR, And things that are coming, right, that are in production right now that haven't even been released are incredibly important. And we must honor the people who are supporting this technology because we know, as I said earlier, that humans will never be obsolete. So achievement intelligence honors the people and creates an environment that celebrates great work, clarity of realistic expectations, and a really high quality. You know, I think one of the most important things is we're saying less is more because the quality is extraordinary. That translates to customer service. That translates to client outcomes. And I believe, even more importantly, it creates a sustainable culture of well-being where we can celebrate the wins We recruit and retain top talent. Josh, there's an incredible revolving door out there right now in so many organizations. 
you can't swing a cat for finding an organization <laughs> that isn't looking for someone, right? right? I mean, from the restaurants that you drive by that say help wanted to the major corporate entities, everybody is looking to fill talent. So shifting this goal mindset to celebrate achievement and celebrate worker well-being because this busy brag that I call it and burning the candle at both ends is just not sustainable. Yeah, when the end result is not something that you can be proud of that that you feel is at, at top quality, there's going to be diminishing returns when you can focus on that quality output. That's going to ultimately give you a better product, a better customer service experience, and lead you to better success, regardless of what industry you're working on. That's something that teams can take away here to see that there is value in a quality output. Exactly. And you know, Josh, it's really interesting because in my work as a consultant, the phone rings every day and a company says, my team is burned out. Can you help? Yes. And I'm, I'm thrilled to do that. But I think we need to reframe that question. Instead of trying to mitigate burnout, why aren't we saying, how can we live a life of vitality, which includes your work life? Right. That's a shift. And, and it's, a, it's a mental shift and frankly, an HR shift and a business practice shift that I think is essential. Well, I always talk about work-life blend on this podcast. And I think that speaks really nicely to that idea with vitality. It's impossible to just separate work into its own designated silo in people's lives. No, it's all blended. So there needs to be a way to make that work as part of the larger picture and larger experience for employees at any point in their career. I love work-life blend. That's brilliant. Thank you. So as we're looking at celebrating the quality work and having that more balanced mindset and taking into account burnout, but also looking at the rise of AI in the marketplace, are there any job functions out there that shouldn't be automated and keep the human element locked in? Yeah, this is a great question. And I'm going to go out on a limb because I am a risk taker and I believe in disruptive innovation. So I will tell you that I do believe that the interview process needs to be hybrid. I get it, especially large organizations. I think about an Amazon, for example, or an Apple. They get thousands of applicants for a single job in any given day. And you can just watch those numbers on LinkedIn. It's fascinating. And many humans that are applying for these jobs, many folks are first encountering an applicant tracking system. So uh, an AI supported system that is scanning their resume for keywords. Then the second step is often a video interview without a human on the other end, right? You and I are having this lovely human to human conversation. So that interview is impersonal. And then often a third round is also a video interview where you're not having a conversation with someone, you're merely talking into a machine. So by the time you get to the final phase, no humans have spoken with you. You have spoken at a machine, recorded your response. And let's face it, joining a company is a huge decision for both parties, the applicant and the recipient. And I think if we eliminate that human connection and don't have conversations and really get to know people with the people that are working together, even if it's virtual, we're going to make bad hires. So I am deeply concerned about taking the human element out of the interview process. I'm okay with a hybrid, but at some point we need to spend quality time with people to determine best fit. I love that, right? That's an opportunity to identify that that great talent. And sometimes that hidden talent that doesn't come through when an automated process is driving it, it or when too much of the process is being driven by automation. Uh, you lose that opportunity to really identify the right 
person who could make all the difference. You got it. And you know, I think about it and my goodness, I'm a career coach. This is what I do for a living. I've literally reviewed thousands of resumes, but we are not our resume alone, right? Or our LinkedIn profile or our website. The beauty of, of, of being human is having a conversation and engaging with someone on a personal level. That's how you determine fit. And that's how you ask great questions. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And it goes back to that balance too of quality versus quantity. And as you said, there are so many resumes coming in when you're looking to fill a role, but how do you get that balance to actually get some quality in the output too, and not just focus so much on just dealing with the capacity of what's being sent finding those really great, talented individuals who are going to be worth their time to interview and put through the process. It all really, really fits in there. Exactly. For teams then that are looking to maybe introduce more of this culture of achievement intelligence, a lot of times getting off the ground floor is the hardest part. So are there any simple ways for HR teams to start introducing and fostering a culture of achievement intelligence? Yes. Oh my gosh, Josh, this just gets me so excited. Thank you. Thank you for asking. It's so simple. Ask what your people need. It might sound silly, but how many times does the boss not ask the team what they need to be successful? So many companies make top-down decisions without asking what employees need to do their best work. So this is a beautiful time to go back to basics, reset or reboot, and focus on how to design cultures with the people in your organization together. There's nothing worse than HR and or top leadership saying, this is our culture, right? This is what we're going to do. Mandated culture never works. And one of the struggles right now that we're dealing with is flexibility. Uh, we're also dealing with wellness at work. How do you introduce psychological safety so people feel like they're in a supported environment? Have conversations. Get back to the simplicity of looking people in the eye, even if it's Zoom. I get it. We're, we're leveraging technology there. But having engagement to ask, what does success look like for you? And what is a shared vision? And what do you need to do your best work? It's pretty simple. I love that. So what does, speaking of success, what does successful achievement intelligence look like in the workplace? How do you know it's working when you introduce it into your workforce, really make concerted effort to, again, bring that quality element back into output? So we mentioned earlier talking about how I believe the interview process needs to have a human element because a bad hire is costly. The great person, but they're in the wrong role. Similarly, recruiting and retention and the outcomes of talent are costly. If you have that revolving door of constantly hiring, onboarding, retraining, and then that person leaves in six months, that's money out the door. There is not a good business case for a revolving door of talent. Turnover is expensive. And let's be clear, it's also frustrating to the existing staff who are spinning the plates of the person soon to be backfilled, right? They're exhausted from pitching in to help. I also believe that there's a win here to think about achievement intelligence through the lens of succession planning. How do you grow your talent from within? And if you're not burning people out and you're developing great leaders, you've got a built-in succession plan. And I, I firmly believe, not only because I'm an executive coach and this is what I do, help groom and develop impactful leaders and managers and employees, Investing in your people makes people feel valued, appreciated, 
and recognized. And that is so important. You know, it's also interesting, Josh, when I was thinking about how to quantify achievement intelligence, I have a friend who works in the healthcare system, and she said, businesses need to look at the healthcare claims, how they're leveraging their insurance, whether it's prescriptions or surgical procedures or sick days, those have a financial attachment to it. And healthy work cultures empower healthy people. So unhealthy people that are stressed and overworked are not able to do a good job because they're trying to recover and heal. So the business case is rather simple. How do we invest in our people? Yeah, you don't have to overthink it too when looking at if achievement intelligence is working. As you said, actual physical health can point to burnout issues and tenure can really point to success with succession planning. If you've got team members that have been with the group for an extended period of time, maybe made a few moves within an organization, that's a good sign that you've built a good, strong, solid culture that is rewarding. And back to your earlier point, creates that opportunity to enjoy your career and love your life. If you're enjoying your career, you're going to stay where you are. Few people will leave where they're happy to go for something where they may be less. If you're providing that opportunity, if you're creating a great culture that leans into achievement intelligence and back to what we initially said, celebrating the wins, you're going to see that in people staying. You're so right. And, you know, I've never met anyone that says, gosh, I want to change jobs every year. You know, people do want to put roots into an organization. They want to grow. They want to develop. People leave because they've got bad management, bad leaders, or it's not a healthy environment, or it's not the right fit. So let's spend the time on the front end to invest in the right people and invest in them throughout the life cycle of their career at your organization. So well said. Now, we're here with Caroline Dowd-Higgins, executive leadership coach, media host, public speaker, and best-selling author. Caroline, I love digging into that achievement intelligence concept, but what's something you're seeing, though, as you look at the world of people operations, the world of HR, again, a lot of our audience are coming from, from that community, that you're excited about? I'm so hopeful and I'm so optimistic, Josh. So that's a good thing. I'm I'm a cup half full kind of girl. And this week I had a, a great opportunity to attend the Gallup at Work Summit. And Gallup does some amazing research about how people are engaged at work. So I'm a bit of a, a Gallup fangirl. And it was really exciting to hear them focus on creating thriving workplaces, And some of the things that I believe that Gallup is talking about is this concept in investing in lifelong learning and professional development. But the shift now is, how do we focus on workplace wellness and long-term sustainability? And I believe that we are living longer. The data is proving that we are living longer. Now we need to live longer, healthier lives because it's not just about being alive. It's about being healthy and well. And this is an exciting time for organizations to empower people to create a workplace culture where individuals can really do their best work and honor authenticity. Leadership has changed, and we talk about bringing humility to the table and bringing our whole selves to work. So I want workplaces to think about being brave and courageous, not perfect, because perfect is non-existent. And how do we think about the pinnacle leaders role modeling this authentic behavior so we can bring ourselves to work and think holistically about how we are thriving? 
yeah, it's hard to take that first step oftentimes and for organizations to break through it and try new things to integrate and figure out that healthier way of working. But it is exciting to see that there will be organizations out there, there will be business leaders out there who will take that chance, who will try to figure it out and set the course for other companies who are maybe hesitant to take that first step. Always exciting to see those game changers step into the mix. So we took a look going forward, Caroline. I'd love to look backwards, though. Is there something you've learned about yourself over the last year or more, if needed, that you feel has made you a better leader and helped you upskill in a sense? We were talking about upskilling a bit. What's something you've learned recently? Yeah, I'm really grateful that you're asking this. So I shared with vulnerability to this listening audience that I'm a recovering workaholic. I bought into that burn the candle at both ends badge of honor. And it really wasn't a badge of honor. It was a badge of stupid. And it it caused burnout in myself. And it really threw my health uh, for for the worst. And, And I'm better now. But I've learn to really honor that I need to think about my holistic self because I'm shifting from being a workaholic to a high achiever and I can be a high achiever and not work 90 hours a week. So it's about outcomes. It's not about time. It's about being productive and being creative. And Josh, this is my, my big, big learning. The space and the quiet time to be reflective and creative empowers me to do better work. And I am a creative uh, by nature. So being open to learning has allowed me to be highly productive and knowing that I don't have to fill every space and every moment every day with work. Some of that can be design time and dabble time and think time. And that's been really liberating. So I'm grateful that you asked. Oh, of course. Thank you for sharing that. Now again, Caroline Dowd Higgins, executive leadership coach, media host, public speaker, but as I mentioned, best-selling author. Caroline, why don't you tell us a bit about your book? We mentioned it at the start, Your Career Advantage, Overcome Challenges to Achieve a Rewarding Work Life. What would you like to share with our audience about your newly published book, where they can reach it, and anything else you want to plug that you're excited about? Now's a great time to share it. Thank you, Josh. You know, I wrote the book because it's everything we should be talking about at work and we're not. So I pulled back the curtain on the secrecy and said, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's also important to talk about the good. How do we celebrate the wins? How do we strategically think about advancing or whatever it is that our goal is in our unique situation? So it's similar to having your own personal executive coach in that it's situations that most of us can relate to. I promise somebody will find something in the book that is relatable to them. There are a lot of uh, real life experiences and stories. And I wrote it in a playbook format. So there are very actionable ideas that I call pro tips at the end of each chapter. So you're having a bad day because you had a funky conversation with your boss. There's a chapter for that. And you can flip to that chapter and look at some of those action steps to figure out how to navigate a path forward. And frankly, these are things that I wish that I had the support uh, going through earlier in my career. And I've gleaned this information from so many extraordinary people, including the guests on my podcast, Your Working Life. And Josh, the book is available on Amazon. And of course, uh, my website is probably the, the mothership and the best place to find all of my my uh, content. I've got videos, I've got podcasts, I've got writings. And I put that out in the world to empower people because I really believe that I have an opportunity now to share great resources so people can enjoy their career and love their lives. 
I love that. Thank you for that, Caroline. So again, our audience out there, if you've enjoyed engaging with Caroline here as much as I have, there's some great opportunities to keep that conversation going. Check out Caroline's book, and we'll provide a link to that in our show post on HR Daily Advisor. But also check out Caroline's podcast, as she mentioned, Your Working Life. And there's other great content out there across many mediums that you can check out and really keep engaging with Caroline and, and get some of her great insight there. So thank you for that, Caroline. Caroline, before we let you go, Two more questions for you, and these are really built around professional advice and motivation. So starting with professional advice, and you've given some great tips and just nuggets along the way here, but do you have any professional advice that you've leaned on throughout your career, something that's really helped carry you through that you can pay it forward and share with our audience? Yeah, very simply, two things. Honor your wellness, and that is professional advice, because I think some people separate that. Honor your wellness, and whatever that means to you. For me, it's good sleep, it's nutrition, movement stress management and connection with people, because these are essential for all high functioning human beings. And I am on a mission to reverse the vicious cycle, Josh, of burning the candle at both ends and reframe it to a virtuous circle of sustainable well-being. So that's number one. And number two, I, I want to say AI is here to stay. And by that, I mean artificial intelligence. So I celebrate that. Please know I am not anti-technology, but I see it as a tool to make human beings better. So our must, if you will, is to keep evolving. We are works in progress and we as the humans will optimize AI and we have to set those guardrails so we don't allow it to overwhelm and reverse our outcomes and destroy our better well-being. So what I would leave this audience with is tap into the better angels of your nature and celebrate artificial intelligence with guardrails for usage. And my solution is achievement intelligence. That is so well said. Great way to close out there with professional advice. But before we let you go, this is how we close out all of our podcast episodes, and it's built around motivation. And you are clearly highly motivated, bringing positivity into really everything you do, and that shines through in this conversation. When you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, what is the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? To be curious and think of each day as a fresh slate. And that's such a gift to start your day with curiosity and to be a great listener, to take it all in with all five senses. I love it. Well, Caroline Dowd-Higgins, thank you so much for taking the time today just to share your brand new insight on achievement intelligence. Very enlightening and really encourage all of our listeners out there to find ways to integrate that into workspace, especially with the emergence of AI. Uh, but again, thanks for taking the time to share your story with us. And I hope we can keep the conversation going. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate you. Thanks, Caroline. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.